You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to the huddle. Tony Dyer here, Huddle Up a Football Podcast. It's a Thursday edition, which means we are joined by Corey, as we are joined by Corey every Thursday. Welcome back to the huddle, Corey. How are we doing? It was a long week. It was a week off because of Christmas, and it kind of broke my heart to miss to miss the podcast. It's become part of my weekly routine. I really look forward to it, even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes in the morning um, on a Tuesday or on a Thursday morning. I, I've really, it's become a part of my Part of my regular week, so that's exciting, and we really, really missed out on on sitting down and going over a podcast. But I sat down a couple times. I felt like I couldn't get enough information to have a full, coherent thought. So I stepped aside. Luckily, Corey was able to do his best bets of the week. He's done so well with that this season. I can't wait to see what his record will be next year. What was the record for the best bets? Uh, we're at fourteen five and one. Fourteen five and one is pretty good. Looking forward to doing that next year. A lot happened this week. That was the biggest part of my. My frustration is that there was so much information with the playoff implications, with the head coaches that that are or not are not going to keep their jobs. There was just so much information out there that I couldn't keep up with it all. And the one what's funny about this, though, is the one head coaching position that we all thought for sure would be the clearest is still not decided. And I'm talking about Jason Garrett and the Dallas Cowboys. As of now, it's Thursday afternoon. And they still haven't made an official announcement that Jason Garrett's not going to come back. I've heard an argument that Jason Garrett's not getting fired because his contract's expiring, but I'm telling you that's not the case at all. Jason Garrett would like to be the coach one more year. Jerry Jones has made it very clear that without a significant push into the playoffs, that that's not going to be a reality. And so what's happening here is one person wants his job. The other one doesn't want him to have it. Jason Garrett's going to be fired. That's, That's what this is. He's not going to be signed a new contract in Dallas. What's interesting to me about this, though, is that the silence on it is has been deafening. We've heard a lot of talk about the Jaguars, about the Browns, about the the Giants, these other teams that we saw changes coming for. There's been no talk. Jerry Jones is canceling his appearances on radio shows this week. He's not talking about it. And I think that speaks to Jerry's. Jerry's temperament as a family man. He runs this organization like a family. And the fact of the matter is, Jason Garrett is family to Jerry Jones. Back in the 90s, Jason Garrett was a quarterback for Jerry Jones. He was a backup quarterback, third string. Didn't have any significant major contributions. Although there was one Thanksgiving game that was, that was really, really exciting. Outside of that, though, I'm not pretending that Jason Garrett was some miracle franchise quarterback. He wasn't. That's not the case. He was buried. Buried on the depth chart. Not the point. That's not the point. My point is this. I have good. There are a lot of things in the NFL that I can't fully grasp, that I can't conceptualize in the same way that an NFL player or a coach would ever be able to. But this I can grasp. Jason Garrett was a third string quarterback for Jerry Jones and has ascended all the way to the head coach and held that position for nine years. I can relate to that. From the bottom to the top. Not too long ago, about eight years ago, I started at a position that I was not very good at. And I may as well, may as well as been sweeping the floors. Not that that's a bad thing, by the way. Custodial staffs are important. I'm not not dismissing that. But it's just a fact of the hierarchy. That's all I mean. 
there was a point in my career where I was at the very bottom and I grinded my ass off to make it. And I never stopped. Here's, that's, what, that's exactly what Jason Garrett did. Third string quarterback, went on to be a quarterback coach at Miami. One year after he became a quarterback coach in Miami, Jason Garrett's, um, Jason Garrett's moving to Dallas to become the offensive coordinator. No doubt, thanks to the help of his father, who was a scout at the time. That's not the point. The point is, actually, that proves the point. Jason Garrett's father also worked for the Dallas Cowboys family. So Jason Garrett shows up as the offensive coordinator, leads Dallas to be the second highest scoring offense in his first year. I think it was his first full year and becomes the highest paid assistant coach in the National Football League. The year after he's offered multiple head coaching positions and declines them because of family. I think what's happening in Dallas is about the most respectful firing that we've ever seen and might ever see. What's happening right now is Jerry Jones has silenced himself finally from the brimstone and hellfire approach that he had at the end of the season when things weren't going their way. This is a mourning period in Dallas. And there's no doubt in my mind that Jason Garrett will move on and that Jerry Jones will find another coach and that right now everybody's keeping their mouth shut so that Jason Garrett can mourn with his coworkers and his family. I really respect that. Yeah, no, I think it's good. The same thing happened to me. They, in the middle of the night one day, literally, I mean, it wasn't the middle of the night, but after seven years of being from the bottom to the top in, in a workplace, my boss said, hey, we want you to go talk to this, to this other company inside the company. It's hard to explain, but hey, we want you to go talk to them. And I said, hey, no, no, I really don't want to do that. And he said, no, you don't understand. You're going to talk to them and you're going to start on Monday. I mean, that's what it was. I get it. And, and that was not handled the same way. Looking back on that, by the way, for the people who are listening, that was probably the, one of the best things that's ever happened in my career. So I'm super, super excited that that happened to me. But at the time, that didn't feel good. I was given 24 hours to say goodbye to my family. I'm glad to see that Jerry Jones will silence himself just for long enough to give Jason Garrett the respect. No, and there's there's nothing wrong with like starting from the bottom and sweeping floors. I mean, I was just watching a video last night about this guy figuring out how uh, grain bins work, which a lot of people think are silos, but grain bins are these big, wide things that they put grain in. And he wanted to figure out how they did it. And he was videotaping. He was kind of annoying the guys. So he said, hey, let me do the dirty job real quick. So he's like putting these little things together that nobody else wants to do. And they eventually let him kind of work on the grain bin with them. So there's nothing wrong with doing the dirty work. You, you know, that's how you get your respect, but it's, it's got to kind of be a tricky situation for Jerry Jones could be in the owner. He's the GM. Um, and you got to know he builds relationships with all his players, his coaches. He, he, it's kind of like if you had a rich uncle, who's just like a big sports fan. Cause I was kind of doing research on Jerry. All he really had football wise is he was a college football player, right? Yeah. Jerry wasn't a football guy until he became the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. He was, he was an oil tycoon, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So he got rich doing something else. So it's like your crazy uncle buys a football team. He's just, he's just super excited. He, he gets a superstar running back Ezekiel Elliott. He's just good buddies with him. You know, he, he loves football. He probably admires Ezekiel Elliott and, you know, same thing with Jason Garrett, somebody who's been around the organization and now it's, time for him to go. It's got to be a hell of a decision. Um, and I guess another thing to think about here is I don't, are we for sure that he's getting fired? Do we know that for sure? 
I think it would be hard for Jerry to go back on all the things that he has said. Okay. So if it is up for debate, let's pretend it is. Could they be debating that maybe Jason Garrett isn't being successful because he doesn't have a quarterback? And I've talked about Dak Prescott. Maybe no. they, maybe no. they've lost faith in, faith in him. No, I don't think that's the case. Jerry's never said a word about Dak. I, I, I like what you're doing there. I like the devil's advocate thing, but that's not the case. Jerry Jones, as owner and general manager, believes, and he rightfully believes, that he's assembled the best offense in football. I, I, I mean. That's what, that's what he believes, but I guess from an outside standpoint, if he's the crazy uncle, has he actually done that? No, he's done that. Well, here's the problem. Jerry Jones has absolutely, he's gone from the crazy uncle, I, okay, to one of the most respected owners in football. Yes, he's done a very good job. I mean, he's won multiple Super Bowls within just a very short time period. Late in the 90s, there were two of them. Yep. I, I mean, the crazy uncle thing, while it may have been valid at one point, how many how many Super Bowls has he won? Well, three. Well, I was just counting the years that it's been since he did that. Oh, I understand. It's been a long time. <laughs> I understand. But for 10 of those years, Jason Garrett was the coach. Sure. And I think you can argue that the team now is as good or better than it was late in the 90s. And he's frustrated that he hasn't even, they didn't even make the playoffs, Corey. That's my problem. No, absolutely. They should have made the playoffs. Make it's it into a good the playoff team. Make it into the playoffs and get knocked out by a team that's better than you. That's one thing. Because there are there are teams that are better than than the roster of Dallas. Sure. To make it there, to make it to, you don't even have to, to make it into the divisional round. That's one thing. But to not even be able to surpass the Eagles, who have been completely dilapidated on the offense, is dilapidated the right word? I don't even know if that's a word. It's a word. Dilapidated? I think it means injured. We'll look it up. You mean like devastated? No, devastated works too. The team that's been devastated on offense like the Eagles. <laughs> I guess the point I'm trying to make is, okay, so they, obviously the team's got problems. They're not winning football games. They're going to fire the coach. But my argument, and I've talked about it, I did my own solo podcast about Dak Prescott so now that they're firing Garrett, is he going to go out and pay Dak Prescott? Does I mean, does he think Dak Prescott's going to take them to the Super Bowl if they get the right coach? Is I mean, that's kind of what it feels like is going to happen. I think we could go on about this for a long time. I do too. Who do you think would be better suited than Dak Prescott? I mean, there aren't a lot of options out there, but I mean, the point is, like, I don't see the problem in re-signing him, but I just feel like he's about to get the fattest contract we've ever seen, and it's going to be a huge mistake. And my point is that Jerry Jones has been successful, but he's not every move he's making is the right one. Do I think Garrett should be fired? Sure. But I think that I think Dak Prescott's also a problem for this football team. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and, 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 and time will tell. I mean, time's going to tell. I, I think that Dak Prescott has the ability to be a franchise quarterback. I agree with you that they're going to pay him too much money. It's on the way, guys. They just increased the salary cap, and the man's due for a contract. Guess what that means? Highest paid, highest paid quarterback in football. It's on the way. Right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm just telling you that's what's going to happen. Dak Prescott's going to be the highest paid quarterback in football. It's just what's going to happen. No, I know. It's disappointing. I, 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 and maybe Jerry holds out. Maybe Jerry can use this could be the best thing that happened this season to Jerry, honestly, because it is the best. I think it is one of the best offenses assembled in football. Save a couple of we can we can discuss that later, but there are a couple of teams that I think would be better. But with one of the best offenses, Dak has not done not done what, what he was expected to do. He you 
and like I've said before, you know what you're going to get out of Dak Prescott. He's an efficient quarterback, but he's not He's not going to go out and win you football games like Carson Wentz has. He surpassed the Cowboys. He's won football games at the end of the season. So, What Carson Wentz has done, by the way, is amazing. Yeah, he's I, been real good. I, I think he's won five of the six. I'm going to look that up right now. Carson Wentz has taken a team of practice squad players and third string options and backups and made them look like superstars. That's what elite quarterbacks do. Peyton Manning. I mean, guys like Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, they were never elite athletes, but they're going to go down to some of the all-time greats, arguably just because of Peyton Manning. Did you say Marvin Harrison wasn't an elite athlete? I mean, I guess I didn't watch. I was young when he was in his prime. I did watch Marvin Harrison, but just kind of looking back, he didn't look that fast, you know? Well, I'll accept that the pairing helped (laughs) Marvin Harrison, but I will not accept that he was not an elite option at wide receiver. Looking over the Eagles record here, they beat the Giants. They beat the Cowboys. Oh, they beat the Cowboys recently, by the way. Um, injured, by the way, when the Cowboys were healthy, by the way. That, that's, not the, that's not the point. I'm getting lost in that. Eagles have beat the Giants, the Cowboys, the Redskins, the Giants. They lost to the Dolphins. So one, two, three, four, five. Four of the last five games. Eagles are hot right now. I think there's a chance that as one of, as a as the leader of the worst division in football, that Carson Wentz and the Eagles could be a dark horse. Is this crazy? No, I we wrote down our dark horses. The Eagles are mine. Um, we've seen it so many times, especially like the Giants. They did it with Eli Manning a couple of times. Came in as a wild card. It's all about getting hot at the right time, and that's exactly what the Eagles are doing. They've won their last four. They did it to get into the playoffs. Um, I know they're not healthy. But Carson Wentz has been playing well. We just talked about it. He can elevate that football team. And they're well coached, too. Uh, Obviously, Peterson took Nick Foles to the Super Bowl, which we've kind of seen since then. And even before that, that he's not that great of a quarterback. So it's not like Nick Foles carried them. Wentz seems like he's healthy. Um, He he was kind of in a slump there. I think this is a time for him to prove what he really is and kind of get out of that slump and capitalize on an opportunity for sure. Wentz is finally looking healthy, and I think that's hugely significant to the people who say there there are two camps on Carson Wentz. One says that he's an elite franchise quarterback. The other one says he's made of glass and not good enough. This is it for Carson Wentz. He's going to He's got an opportunity here to shut a lot of people up. And I don't know what the contract situation there is. I wish I would have looked that up. And and I'll get I'll get to that while Corey's going on next. But this is an opportunity for, for Wentz to earn that contract. If he's got one coming up, and, and again, I don't know about that. What's more interesting, though, about the Eagles is while injured and while Carson Wentz has compensated for that, reinforcements are on the way. Deshaun Jackson is arguably the greatest deep threat in the NFL right now. And he's back to running on the practice field. They expect him back for the divisional week. So all they have to do is beat the the Seahawks, which was a close game. Six weeks ago, the Eagles lost to the Seahawks. It was an eight-point game, eight-point loss. Eight points is a coin flip. I mean, when you're if you're if we're talking about winning or losing by eight points, any team can score a touchdown and a field goal over the other with a good good defensive drive and a last-minute push. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Two two two. Possessions changes that game completely. And by the way, one of the games I wanted to talk about last week that I couldn't was 
the Monday night matchup. Was it Monday night match? No, Monday night was over. It was Sunday night matchup of the 49ers and the Seahawks. Yeah, Sunday. I really wanted to talk about that game at the time, but going into the matchup, I was thinking that that could be the NFC championship game. I was hoping that I should say I was hoping that. Yeah, no, I, we talked about it a few weeks ago cause they played like four or five weeks ago yeah. and we were looking forward to this game. And I think we kind of broke down the playoff bracket then the way it'd work out. And it was almost like they were going to play the next week, but obviously it's shuffled since then. So I think it's definitely an opportunity that could happen now, but I don't know. I would say that when the Seahawks lost to the 49ers last Sunday and took themselves farther down in the seating, that was the best possible thing they could have done. Because now, instead of traveling to New Orleans, eventually, it wouldn't have been this week, but assuming that they had, assuming they had won the wild card week and went on to the divisional round, they would be in St. Louis. The Seahawks are not probably, they're probably not winning in St. Louis. I'm sorry. Yeah, St. Louis. New Orleans. I'm saying the wrong word. I'm sorry. The Seahawks are not going to... I don't I don't see them beating Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara and Sean Payton and that defense. They're similar teams, but the Saints are much better at it. Now the 49ers have to go. And they're similar teams too. But I really, really believe that the Saints are better suited. They're better... They're a more complete team. That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, think about, think about this. Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, interchangeable. Right? I mean, when Kamara wasn't playing, Latavius Murray picked up the slack and moved right on. Doesn't matter. Yeah, no. And yeah. 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 Same guy. Okay. Same, similar guys. And, and, and hold on before I make anybody real upset, before I freak anybody out. Alvin Kamara is a better running back than Latavius Murray, okay? I'm just saying they have similar skill sets, and Latavius Murray's a huge dude, so it works out good. I really don't think that Seattle's going to go to New Orleans and beat New Orleans. I see New Orleans going all the way, which is a shame because just a few weeks ago, I thought that Seattle had an opportunity. They lost Chris Carson. They lost Rashad Penny. They've lost all their running backs. Marshawn Lynch has been re-signed, which is relevant. That's something else I wanted to talk about. And that was some entertaining TV. That was great TV. And at the one-yard line when he jumped over that pile. Oh, my God. That place was ruckus. And then to do it again, at the the, the last drive of the game, they get to the one-yard line, and oh everybody God. was sitting on their couch watching Marshawn Lynch. And I'm telling you what, that defense was crapping themselves because they thought, oh yeah. they thought Marshawn Lynch was jumping over the pile. Here's the problem. This is why... I'm less confident in Seattle today than I was last week. I can say that the Seattle Seahawks offensive line, the false start penalty cost them that game, a big game. Nerves got the best of them. The Seahawks are a team that I thought would be much better than they are. I'm worried about their chances, but I will say that going against the Eagles is much better than a road that leads to the Saints so they may still have a chance to correct some things. If Marshawn Lynch can get on his feet and get healthy again, I mean, he's not unhealthy, but you know what I mean, football shape. He admitted that it was a little different. It took some time. The second yeah. half felt better for him. If that happens, then, then we'll be okay. But I'm worried about the Seahawks. My dark horse team, you had picked, you picked the Eagles. Tennessee and the Bills are both built about the same to me. And I really think that one of the two of them, especially Tennessee, who has recently been hot, who has a new quarterback, 
Derrick Henry, I don't know if Derrick Henry was actually injured or if he just sat out for a game to freshen up before the playoffs. But they've got it. Tennessee's O-line is incredible. Their defense is good enough. They're a complete team. A.J. Brown's not playing like a rookie. And Ryan Tannehill has been everything that we wanted Marcus Mariota to be. That's amazing, by the way. This will be a whole conversation for a whole nother episode. Ryan Tannehill's coming back, and he's going to come back for Tennessee. But one thing that would be interesting is if they sold Ryan Tannehill. We can talk. That's, this is something I want to talk about completely. Like, not right now. We, I can't get into this right now. But, Why the hell would you do that? But when I, think about, when I think about teams like Oakland and John Gruden, Ryan Tannehill's not very expensive. High draft capital. Intelligent. Healthy. Ryan Tannehill's valuable. I think he's at least the starter in Tennessee, and he may end up in a better situation. I don't see, well, like you will talk about it later. I don't see why they'd move on if they've got him for cheap. You, and you don't know if this season is what he's actually going to be. I think they have him on multiple years. They're going to bring him back this year, play him next year, and see what he actually is. I, I agree. And I don't, yeah, that's a whole nother, we'll do that as an offseason conversation. I don't, as, although I think that Tennessee could be a dark horse, they could upset everything that we know. Because I think that, obviously, I also think that Tennessee is not the Super Bowl champion. Corey, who do you have going to the Super Bowl now? If you could, so let's skip all the playoff brackets. Yep. And let's just say who's going to make it to the dance. So I've got a rematch of Super Bowl 47. That's the Super Bowl where the lights went out in the Superdome. Uh, By the way, this is weird. I remember exactly where I was. Before that game started, my fiance turned to me and said, I'm not kidding you. I'm not making this up. She said, what happens if the power goes out at the Super Bowl? That's insane. No, she said it. I remember. I'm telling you. And there were other people there. And I can tag them on Twitter if you want me to. Happened. That's nuts. She called it. Weird. Anyway, I know what Super Bowl you're talking about. Yeah, I don't remember where I was, but I didn't have something crazy like that happen. But uh, if you don't know, 49ers, Ravens. Was that a Colin Kaepernick year? Yeah. Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. yeah, Almost a, well, I don't know. What Super Bowl are we on now? I don't know. Who who even keeps track? It was a while (laughs) ago. Regardless, Colin Kaepernick's in the past. Uh, 49ers, uh, Ravens. I think it's the changing of the guard. Um, The Patriots. They're not looking as good as they they have been. I think this stops that dynasty. I really do think it's time. We've talked about them in years past, and they've revived themselves late in the season and won Super Bowls and went to Super Bowls. But I think the Patriots train stops in uh, Kansas City. I think it's time for these young guns to take over. I think the NFL's changing. I really don't think you're going to see elite quarterbacks like we do now. The Breeze, the Rodgers. There's one more I listed, but um, just those kind of older guys that don't, they're not very mobile. The pocket passers. I think it's time for those to go away. You're going to start seeing the Mahomes, the Lamar Jacksons of the world. But I've got the 49ers and the Ravens here because I think they play better as a whole team. I don't think it's necessarily the quarterbacks, although it is time for them to take over. But they're, they're just really well-coached teams. The Ravens have been rolling teams. I lost a little confidence in the 49ers midseason, but they came back. They finished strong against the Seahawks. I went all in on the Seahawks on my bets last week. When it came down to Sunday night, I put extra money on them, and I I got 
toasted because the 49ers rolled them. I, I just don't think either of those teams have shown a whole lot of weaknesses. Their defenses are strong. The 49ers have the best pass rush in the league. Not that Lamar's going to, you know, when they face each other, going to be a big pocket passer, but I think it's going to cause them problems. I think they're such elite athletes that it's going to slow down the run game. These two teams are just better coached than everybody else. They're whole teams. And I think they both get there. I have the 49ers winning. Uh, the Ravens won Super Bowl 47. I just think that 49ers defense will find a way to slow Lamar down. And partially because I just don't see Lamar winning a Super Bowl this year. I feel like the train stops at some point. I, j- I don't think there's anybody in the AFC that can do it, but I think the 49ers can. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree that, that the 49ers and the Ravens are probably, they're probably one of the most, they're the most complete teams. I'm stuck on the Saints and the Chiefs. Though. I know. I mean, that, because the Saints and the Chiefs are, I would argue, as equally complete. The Saints, the Saints speak for themselves. The Chiefs have been quietly under the radar here. Their defense has done exactly what it was supposed to do over the last half of the season. They're much better than people are giving them credit for. I'm struggling with the 49ers and the Ravens because truthfully, I didn't, I don't want to, I don't know why, but I don't want to believe in the 49ers despite the obvious facts in my face. I don't know why that is. It's just stuck in my head, but, but, but it's wrong. You're right. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan's an excellent coach. They've got these humongous, the guys are monsters. It's like uh, space jam. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like space jam, except it's NFL and they're not aliens. They're human beings. You're talking about the defensive line. I'm talking about the defensive line. I'm talking about George Kittle. I'm talking about all of oh, them. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're enormous, and you can line them up anywhere. And you got uh, that new, the rookie Debo Samuel. Doing, it's incredible. It's incredible. And a stable of running backs. Sanders, all the running backs. They're, they're probably the fastest like weapon group in the whole league. And, and they're huge. It's incredible. I don't know why. I don't know why I won't accept the fact, accept the possibility that they could make it to the Super Bowl and they could win. Because I guess they could. I think they don't make it past New Orleans, though. I think Sean Payton can outcoach him. That's so, the only thing. That's the, that's the variable there. So I've got the 49ers. Let's hear who you got. Well, I've got the Saints. I've got Sean Payton, Drew Brees. I think this is Drew Brees' last season. I hope it's not. Michael Thomas is playing out of his mind. And had it not been for Drew Brees' injury, here's the thing. Michael Thomas has like a billion passing yards this year. <laughs> A billion interceptions, a billion receptions, and that's with five or six games of Teddy Bridgewater. By the way, they didn't lose any of those games. They won them all without Drew Brees. That speaks to the system. One of my first episodes is how important I think that is, the coherency of the plan. They've got a plan, and now they got Drew Brees, and they got the best wide receiver in football for 2019. They got Alvin Kamara, and for everything that I just said about the 49ers having these juggernauts. That's the case for the Saints also. Taysom Hill, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, Michael Thomas, Jared Cook. He's done great. And they can move those guys everywhere. When Taysom Hill's on the field, you have no idea what they're going to do. They could run it. They could pass it. He could pass it. He could catch it. Oh, it's... It- he could line up as a wide receiver or tight end and still throw a pass. He it's could, incredible. He could line up as a wide receiver or tight end and then lateral it to another running back. I think the Saints roll their way into the NFC championship game, and we'll see what happens there. But I think they'll win that game. But we'll see what happens. 
I'm calling the Saints for sure to the NFC Championship game, and I think they beat the Niners. And then I struggle with the AFC side, the Chiefs and the Ravens, and I think and I'm going to use the same logic. Andy Reid. Andy Reid's seen a few playoff games. Yep. And th- then that team is is healthy. It's finally healthy. So I, I don't, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to go too on too long about the Chiefs because it kind of sounds it'll sound a lot like last year. But but Patrick Mahomes' knee injury is not behind him yet. Yeah. I mean, he's he's playing through it. Tyreek Hill is healthy. Here we go. I'm going to sound, I'm going to sound like a broken record. So yeah, I have have the same AFC championship game. I just felt like the chiefs offense has a better chance of bogging down and not being able to play keep up than the Ravens does. So I think the Ravens just have so many weapons. They're not pass oriented, but I've seen times where if the chiefs can't get the big play, they struggle to put up points. That's the only reason I don't have them winning that game. Uh, Yeah. And I, Part of the problem for me, honestly, is when I saw the Chiefs were like plus 700 for the Super Bowl winners, I bet on them on DraftKings. And so now I'm sticking to my guns. Okay. But prior to today, I thought the Ravens would be in the Super Bowl. That was my public opinion about it. Now that I've privately bet on Kansas City to win, I'm sticking to my guns. I like it. Yeah, I'm just sticking to my guns. But it would would make me so happy, though. I want to say if the Ravens win with Lamar Jackson in that story, when he should be a wide receiver. Running back or running back or they said he should be a wide receiver. Not bad for running back. They said he should be a wide receiver. I know, but they always say not bad for running back. Yeah. Well, if Lamar Jackson wins the Super Bowl, that'd be fantastic. Big trust. Do you have any bets this week? Hold on. Hold on. Who's your winner? You got the saints and the chiefs in the Super Bowl. I don't want to pick a winner. Who's your winner? Chiefs win. All right. So you got the chiefs. I got the Niners. I don't want to pick the chiefs. I changed my mind. All right. You got the saints. Saints win. I like that. It'd be a good kind yeah. of story. Saints win. For Breeze. Drew Brees rides off into the sunset. That's like what that. we wanted. I like that. Yeah. So 49ers Saints. 49ers Saints. We'll come back to it. You got any bets this week? <sighs> Best bets of the week. Best bets of the week time. Playoffs are here. Stop. Corey is, has done a great job with his bets. Bets of the weeks. This is more difficult. Now we've learned there are fewer games. There are better teams. And there was a, we had a conversation about not even having best bets of the week, but I think we have to. It's been a fun segment. We're going to do it. We're, we're going to do, do it, it, but we're going to do two, not four. Yeah. Only got two. I can't go in on all four. Honestly, two, not four. That's perfect. Two, not four. Uh, finished the season 14, five and one. Very proud of that. Uh, had that nice four and oh, week 16. And then last week I was two and two, which I'll take that. Um, Two games this week. I was really looking at these games last night, not liking them. Think about the playoffs is crazy shit happens. So I, in the regular season, I can look at that, the spread board. And I just, in my gut, there's four or five games that I just really like. And most of the time they work out, but here I just feel like that gut feeling just completely goes away. So with that being said, I don't like any of these games, but I kind of do. Give me the motherfucking Patriots minus five playing the Titans. The Patriots D was a monster this year in fantasy. I mean, they were, they were racking up the points in fantasy and guess what? Tannehill's about to get slaughtered. Old Billy and Steph Gilly are going to put up. 14 plus defensive points this week. I'm just kidding. I'm not making that prediction. 
But I do think the D really shows up. They're going to be back. I think Tannehill crashes and burns here. And that situation might come into question. But I I don't feel confident about Tannehill going in there and beating them. I think the Patriots are going to scheme against Derrick Henry. And let's see, the Pats are getting five points. I think they win by more than a touchdown here. If the Patriots win, I think they win by more than five points. Yes. I don't know if the Patriots are going to win, by the way. I so. What I did when I couldn't pick these games last night, I just looked at the board and I just thought about who I thought was going to win. And I just don't think there's any way the Patriots have lost too many home games this year. That's so they've lost a lot. It's unreal. Last win of the dolphins. (laughs) Exactly. That's my point. I agree. I agree with the bet. My concern is because I believe that the Patriots should win. They can win historically great in the playoffs and late in the season. But here's my only problem. December has not been good to the Patriots. Right. Normally it is very good. And the worst of it all is Devontae Parker torched Stefan Gilmore at home. When the defense carried that team for the first half of the year, they were Super Bowl number one. I mean, they were, they were the first choice. I'm a little bit concerned now. If the Patriots win, which I think they should, they're going to win by more than five. So, you're riding the wave and I'm playing the law of averages. Yeah. 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 They've yeah. been so good at home. I just, it's, they're going to, they're going to turn it back on just for this one game, but your bets, you've got the record. You're doing a great job. Who's your next bet. They're going to turn it back on and then give me the bills plus two and a half at the Texans. Kind of a coin flip game for me. Honestly, I, it's a coin flip. It's a coin flip uh, spread too. The reason I took them is we watched them on Thanksgiving. They've been on Sunday night football and they've shown up every single time. It's from what I can remember. They had two or three primetime games. I feel like they won every single game. I think this is the perfect platform because Josh Allen's been kind of flying under the radar. His stats aren't crazy, but he is a playmaker. He runs the football. He can move around the pocket and sling the football. I think this is the perfect platform for him to step onto the scene and show that He's one of the upcoming quarterbacks in the league. And I just, and part of this just has to do with me not feeling very confident with the Texans. I had a word here. They just look shaky and Fuller's not play, may not be playing. And I, I just feel like the Texans have been shaky. I'm just going to roll with the bills <clears throat> plus two and a half. They're going to go into Houston and win. It's exciting. The season went so fast. It's the hundredth season of the NFL. Although I did see some controversy over that. I think I saw something that said that wasn't actually the hundredth season, but anyway, that's not the point. I remember in September, I had a styrofoam cooler full of beer that I hid in a bush outside of Chicago to, to save during the, during the opener, the Thursday night opener. It was Green Bay at Chicago. I will never forget the hundredth season of the NFL. I can't wait to see the playoffs. I didn't see, none of us saw a lot of what was coming. None of us knew. Yeah, no. And this is good because I didn't really know how to talk about this, but here's why these playoffs are so exciting, in my opinion. Is in the NFC, you've got Rodgers, you've got Breeze, you got Russell Wilson. Those are three of the best quarterbacks in the league. Kirk Cousins, huge name. 
Huge contract. Huge contract. Huge name. Can oh. he can he show up and finally do what he was paid to do? You've got Jimmy G and Carson Wentz, a couple of the young guns in the league, big name quarterbacks. NFC stacked, and so is the AFC. You got Watson, Mahomes, and there's more. Brady. I mean, the the names just keep going. This is going to be one of the most high-powered playoffs in a long time, I think. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to keep going. This show will not stop, by the way. We're going to continue on in the offseason. We'll, we'll maybe cut down to one a week, but I mean, that's the only thing that would be removed is the best bets of the week if there's nothing to bet on. But we'll probably figure out prop bets. We'll have draft bets. We'll have all kinds of stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, so looking forward to it. I th- listen, appreciate you listening. This is a longer than normal episode. Good job, Corey. Well, it's probably not longer than normal. It's all the outtakes that are sitting in there. Well, maybe we'll leave them in. Yeah, we'll just leave them in. And then, um, no, it, I think it's good that we're back because it, it's so easy for an early podcast just to stop rolling. But we're here to keep rolling, whether we have two listeners or 500. We don't care. We're here to, we're here to talk football. Happy New Year, Corey. Happy New Year. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two.